Hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of Live, Work, Play, your guide to doing those very things throughout Northwest Arkansas. Now, as we get started, as we always ask, be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast. Hit those buttons. That is going to be the best way for you to know every time new content is dropping, and it's also gonna help people discover this podcast. On today's episode of the podcast, we have guest in residence over at the Rogers Experimental House, Ibiinka Allow. Part of the reason that we're talking to him today is because as this episode drops on Thursday, May 20th, Ben, I know there's an event that's taking place tomorrow evening that if people haven't heard about it, it would be an excellent opportunity for them to get over to the Rogers Experimental House to check out. Yeah, so tomorrow, Neil, is United Nations World Day for Cultural Diversity for Dialogue and Development. Um, there's going to be a number of local artists as well as international artists. Um, EB, as you just mentioned, is facilitating a discussion among them. Um, it's going to be Again, tomorrow, Friday, May 21st, from 6.30 to 8, they're at the Rogers Experimental House in the heart of downtown Rogers. EB is participating as the inaugural guest artist in the residence program at the Rogers Experimental House, which has been sponsored by the Tyson Family Foundation. Fantastic. So if you are listening to this in advance of Friday evening, Make plans for you and your family to head over that way. It is an incredible experience and something you're not going to want to miss out on. Now, to hear that interview, hold tight because we're about to have a word from our sponsors and be back with that conversation. This episode of Live, Work, Play is sponsored by Candex LED Antibacterial Lighting. Combining the best of microbiology and lighting technology to eliminate over 99% of pathogens in the air and on surfaces. Candex LED antibacterial lighting is available now on walmart.com. Hey folks, today we are with Ibi Inka Alau, who is a Nigerian-born man of many, many talents. He's both an artist, author, musical theater composer, UN ambassador of the arts. The list is pretty astounding. And currently, he is the guest artist in residence at the Rogers Experimental House, which is where we happen to be fortunate enough to be speaking with him today. So, E.B., how are you, my friend? I'm, I'm fantastic. Doing great. Thank you, Neil. <laughs> Thank you so much for, for appearing uh, and spending time with us today. So for our audience at home, can you describe to them what you have on display here at the Rogers Experimental House? Okay, thank you so much. So here uh, I have uh, about 12 paintings on display, uh, generally in the experimental house. So uh, some, um, you can see one over here uh, behind us, and then outside on the gallery uh, level. So all of the pictures have some one thing or the other to do with hope. They are paintings that I've made over the past uh, 10 years, and uh, the uh, they have themes, you know, around music, around theater, uh, a bit, basically the stories of them is, you know, grace, hope, redemption, and stuff like that. So, yeah. Fantastic. And, and how would you describe the style of, of these paintings? Obviously, they're African-infused um, yes. and, and inspired, but tell us more about that. Yeah, so um, the... 
generally in West Africa, uh, and particularly in the culture that I come from, the Yoruba culture. So we t in our language, we tend to speak to each other a lot in metaphor. So I know it's kind of uh, strange, uh, you know, just talk straight and all that. We have a lot of proverbs and parables. So I think that spoken language also trans transfers into the art that we make. So sometimes in creating a piece of artwork, you tend to give two, three interpretations to one thing. And, uh, uh, and just as you have uh, proverbs and parables in English, they say, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel. It doesn't usually mean you are passing through a physical tunnel. Someone is trying to encourage you. So that style, a cage style, so I call it a cage style, just means the second meaning style. And uh, so there's a lot of mystery that is put in it. So the the kind of style might not be defined so much by the physical illustration, it's more in the meanings behind. So you look at, you look at uh, the artwork, you are able to maybe uh, decipher or decode more things than the ordinary eye says in the uh, first place. So, so I would say that's the style. I mean, it, all of my pictures have the usual, very colorful, very bright. Uh, I always hope that anyone looking at my artwork uh, may, uh, may derive some joy or happiness in it. And uh, so, so that color is uh, important. And also maybe because of the geographical location, uh, Nigeria, which is my home country, is very close to the equator, uh, only 14 degrees north of it. So countries that are closer to the equator, if you look at the artworks, they tend to be colorful, you know, bright. You go to Guatemala or, you know, any South American country, you see these bright colors also in them. And uh, so that's yeah. Uh, yeah. That's one of that's one of my observations that everything is very vibrant. It pops off the page. I also know with um, with your centerpiece exhibit, Eternity, that you also painted that with with black light as well as the traditional. That's um, right. Traditional. That's thing. right. The it's uh, the conception of the piece itself. You know, has a lot of movement and you know theatrical things infused. So the black light uh, became very useful as a tool to show it. Uh, so, but we have tales by moonlight a lot. You know, we tell each other stories under the moonlight at night. Uh, the I think that glow. It, it, the black light effect is also to uh, an attempt to repl replicate that glow that you have at night of the moonlight, and so I don't know how successful it is to, you know, kind of show that. But it's part of the reason why I use that black light. Okay, and and let's talk more about the piece because it it really is astounding. You have to come and experience it in person. I'm told it's one of the largest paintings in the world. Yes. It measures 100 feet wide and it's 12 feet tall. Exactly. Um, to, to see it in person is just amazing. There's there's so much going on in it. It really is a, it really is a journey that, that you go on. So walk us through what inspired you to create it and the story that you're, you're telling through it. 
Thank you so much. So the the painting, uh, I started working on it two years ago. Uh, I had conceived it, uh, you know, earlier than that, but it took quite a while to get the canvas that size. Uh, I so two years ago, uh, well, four years ago uh, to begin with, I the sto- one of the central stories in the picture, uh, which is uh, about fireflies. Uh, it's won the Scholastic Children's Book of the Year Award. Uh, it was 2016. And uh, so when a book is published like that, you know, it goes around the world. Uh, people see, they read the story. Uh, and I started receiving uh, a lot of notes, you know, emails, uh, even a few physical notes from people, I don't know, all over the world, uh, from Egypt, from uh, Namibia, from uh, Canada, Israel, Japan. Uh, So all these children kind of uh, uh, writing or expressing through their parents uh, what that story meant to them. And uh, so, uh, you know, whatever, no matter what you do in life, uh, even if your, your job is to pick dirt, if somebody tells you one day that you won the first place in the whole wide world in the process of picking dirt, uh, you, you know, you will pay attention to it that, man, uh, you know, these people actually recognize me for this. And uh, so I, that it did the same thing to me that, wow, that, you know, this story means so many things to so many different people. And uh, I now wanted to kind of expand on it, uh, tell the full story, you know, more than what is in the book, and uh, and then make uh, a, a make music to back it up. I always think of music at the same time that I'm uh, making the artwork. I think I told you the my definition for it is that art is frozen music. So if art is frozen music, dance is the process that freezes or melts it according to the state. So I I started thinking about that and then I started imagining uh, the size, you know, there are 15 stories in this painting. So apart from the Firefly story, there are so many others. And some of them are older stories from older paintings. So anyhow, two years ago, I I tried hard. The, the I don't know if this matters for this conversation, but the company is in Texas, and the I ordered the canvas. I tried to order the canvas. Say no way that there's no nobody ever makes hundred foot canvas and sells to any artist. So I begged them. I did all kind of things that I just want to use it to paint a picture. Other friends of mine who are artists also also beg them that he's an artist he's not trying to resell it and uh, so anyway finally they, they saw some of my art and say alright we're going to sell it to you but it will take three months to process and uh, so so finally they sent me the canvas I was so delighted set it up and started working on it from this side where the eagle is so the eagle story is also something from China childhood about how the, uh, you know, in the scripture, so a lot of my pictures are uh, inspired also by my faith as a Christian, and so the scripture would tell us about renewing 
uh, one strength like the egos. A simple question I asked my parents as so they proceeded to explain to me the process of molting that you know the American bald eagle does as well as the golden eagle in Africa and uh, so that kind of uh, started the story and you know went on through the 15 until uh, this eternity portion so it's called eternity as also a statement of hope what happens after the new morning so it's a painting that starts in the, uh, early in the morning ends at night and then goes back to a new morning a new day so for now uh, I use that to mean you know post COVID that we are going into a new era in our lives I, I love that, and I encourage everybody to come down, um, stop by the experimental house in Rogers, and come see this this piece in person. It's it's truly amazing. Now, as I mentioned earlier, you have many titles. One of those is the United Nations Ambassador of Art for Peace. Yes. How did that opportunity come about <laughs> in your life, and what all does that entail? What does that mean? <laughs> I know I, I I get asked that question a lot, especially the high school. They whenever I go to speak in the schools, so art is not uh, uh, typically what you think about when dealing with policy building or politics generally, which the United Nations is known for. So the simple answer to that is that I studied architecture in college. I didn't do anything related to international relations or politics. I didn't even know what it meant to address someone as your excellency or your majesty, you know, all those protocols. So uh, I was, uh, I used to teach these children who were child soldiers captured, who were refugees in Nigeria. So while I was doing my practice of architecture, I successfully only practiced for maybe three years. So I I used to do that just, you know, after work, try to paint some pictures with them. And then one day I saw the competition in the newspaper. So it just says the United Nations wants artists, young artists and professional artists to depict a theme which they called girls and greener environment. And uh, so I entered, I told the children to enter and I also entered myself. And then it ended up winning the grand prize amongst 61 countries. So the president of the country, I did the government in Nigeria, uh, I was presenting the plaque that I was given uh, just as sometimes when you win a championship, a sport championship in America, you the people will go to see the president at the White House. So that's what was happening. And uh, so the president at the time, he asked me after I shared some of the stories that uh, if I will if I would uh, like to serve as an ambassador, like a cultural emissary, uh, you know, for the country. And uh, so just for Nigeria, not involving the UN for now, just sending me to New York to kind of maybe be there for a few months. And uh, I didn't really know what that meant, but because I was at the equivalence of the White House and he's the president, you know, am I going to say no? So I, I don't know what he can do to me 
But anyway, I just uh, I said yes to everything, and uh, and then I got to, over time. I've gotten to know just how beautiful that position is, like using art uh, to help people understand about the culture. So when I got to New York City, I was put on the Peace Commission. Uh, the you went to just you know try using art as a tool for peace building to negotiate. So I would talk through stories. Uh, there are some themes or some concepts that when you try to tell people, uh, you know, fellow diplomats say, maybe you should consider this, you know, maybe forgiveness could be an option. People get offended by that, but you can talk through art. Art is the only thing that I know uh, from all my travels that truly, really opens people's heart. So, you know, we can uh, be it literature, music, uh, you know, visual art. Uh, in sharing some of our stories, we can reach people at the point where it truly matters. So people don't feel threatened by it. Uh, they will listen to something through art and maybe reconsider, be able to reconsider their position on certain things. And so that's, uh, that's what I've discovered, that's what I've been doing. So being art ambassador for the United Nations simply is being able to use art as a tool for peace building, for negotiations. And uh, so I've seen it work a lot and uh, so still using it today. That, that's <laughs> fantastic. I, I, I think we're so fortunate to have you in our community right now. The the insight that you bring, the wisdom. Oh, thank you. Um, so thank as you. so, thank you for being here. As as we wrap up our time, how can people experience this exhibit for themselves? So uh, the, I'm here in Rogers. Of course, the this painting is here at the Rogers Experimental House. So anyone is free and welcome to come to take a look at it. Uh, I know so many families have come, uh, maybe from some of the news report, uh, wanting to see what was that largest artwork in the world. Uh, a gentleman came here and said he doesn't even know anything about art, but he said that is the largest artwork. And so uh, I showed it to him. And so anyone is welcome to come. I think uh, during the Thursday, the musical, uh, there was some uh, kind of recording of it on uh, on the website or the Facebook. So I. Uh, People can experience that a little bit. It doesn't, of course, show the depth of what the live musical uh, was like, but if uh, people are, aren't able to come here, for example, maybe they can see a glimpse of it through that video. And uh, so those are the two options that I know for now. There are a few programs that uh, we are doing uh, for the rest of the residency at least before the end of May. Um, there is the sensory issue uh, or sensory disorder thing that we are going to do. So children with autism and all, I think uh, tomorrow. So I'm going to have a workshop here for just that 
kind of population. And, uh, and then there's also the United Nations has World Diversity Day on Friday. Uh, so that's the official, and uh, we are celebrating it here as well. So there are many different groups. You know, uh, this area, the Northwest North Arkansas, is full of diversity. There are a diverse population for different cultures from different parts of the world. So India, um, the Marshallese, uh, the the Native American uh, population, and uh, Africa, and obviously uh, European, and so just so many influences. And so on Friday, uh, we are going to celebrate every culture just to show how diverse the area is. And uh, so, so there are many uh, other programs, but I think over these next two weeks, we are going to try to at least finish with that bang, as you say, uh, you know, try to put in as many programs as possible. All right. And so you are here at the Rogers Experimental House through the end of May, correct? Yes, All yes right. through the end of May. Then folks, um, while well, you have the chance, come and see and experience um, all that EB has brought and this exhibit because it is truly amazing. EB, thank you again for your time um, and thank, thank you for being you. part of our part of our conversation today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Live Work Play is hosted by Neil Harris, engineered by Ben Schmuck, and produced by Woodridge Interactive. Mm-hmm.